What have the Oklahoma Sooners got to do to keep the winning ways going against Iowa State? We'll talk about that and give you our Big 12 predictions this week on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on ninety four seven The Ref in Norman. Josh, we're just a couple days away now from Oklahoma, getting back on the gridiron, traveling up to Ames, Iowa, to face the Iowa State Cyclones. An 0-4 in the Big 12 team, but 3-4 and on the season. It's a, it's a very interesting Iowa State team, to say the least. It is because, look, I mean, you're 3-4, and right? And you're over in the Big 12, and yet you look up at what – what they've done Iowa state so far this season easily probably should have beaten Kansas. Uh, you know, if you can make a field goal kick there, obviously if Xavier Hutchinson's able to make a grab versus Texas, they're walking out of Austin. I think, you know, if uh, you know, if he makes that catch and races in for a touchdown, probably they're coming away with the defensive stop and in, in winning in Austin. I guess that's not totally a guarantee, but probably it was going to happen if they, they get that score right there. So they're not far away from being a two and two big 12 team. But again, the uh, age old adage, you you are who the record says you are. And the record says that Iowa state is the worst team right now in the big 12 conference. So with that in mind and Oklahoma coming off of the bye week, John, if you're OU make based on the way your offense played versus Kansas, make Iowa state look like that seller dwelling team though, obviously on the road, it's, it's going to be a legitimate challenge. On the road and against a team that arguably has the best defense in the Big 12. I mean, statistically, they do have the best defense in the Big 12. Uh, you know, the, they they haven't really played a team that could score as much as Oklahoma can score. I mean, Kansas State, they're a really good offense, but it's very much ground and pound. You know what I mean? Like they're they're willing to be patient, not try to hit big plays. They're looking to kind of three yards in a cloud of dust against you if they can. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is kind of their big play threat, and then. You know, against Kansas, I mean, it's still Kansas. Like, Kansas is doing better, but they're still Kansas. They're, we're, we're seeing the last couple of weeks that the talent disparity between Kansas and the rest of the Big 12 without Jalen Daniels elevating that team, it's it's still very, very drastic. Um, and then against Texas, like, you know, Quinn Ewers is still a true freshman. like Or not a true freshman. He's a redshirt freshman. He's still a freshman making just, you know, his few, first few starts in college football. But they were able to score 24 against Iowa State's defense. Baylor was able to go over 30. The only two times that anybody has scored more than 20 points against Iowa State's defense this season. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this one plays out because, I mean, their defense, sixth in the nation in points allowed at 15 points per game. You don't do that by accident. But I don't know if necessarily they're that good because you look at it kind of statistically, it's they're not really having like a lot of strong individual performances. It's a lot of good team defense, but again, I don't know if they've gotten 
the the best shot out of Kansas State or Kansas in some of those games. And again, we talked about Quinn Ewers. Like it, it might have been one of those situations where they were kind of making him more pedestrian, more methodical, and not they weren't able to hit big plays. Not giving up big plays is going to keep that point total a little bit lower. Making teams drive the football on you is going to keep that point total lower. So this is going to be a good test for Oklahoma's offense to see really where they're at because against Kansas, it's kind of hard to know that Kansas defense, it's improving, it's getting better, but it's still not quite to the point where they're going to be able to slow down really good offenses regularly. So this is a really good test for Oklahoma coming out of the bye week against a team that is going to make you really earn everything that you want to get offensively. Uh, And so let's just start there, Josh. What do you think Oklahoma's got to do offensively in order to put some points on the board and take some of the pressure off of their defense uh, and, and then ultimately win this game? Well, I mean, obviously you expect Eric Gray to be able to have another big performance. I think it starts right there. Oklahoma's ability to handle the different setup defensively, the looks that Iowa State gives you, right? Like you would think drop eight defense should be able to run against Iowa State, though historically that's not always been the case uh, for Iowa State opponents. They have been pretty stingy at times against the run. So, I mean, it's got to start there. You've got to up front identify how to schematically block Iowa State, who is defensively a little bit different. I mean, just strictly talking the numbers in the box game, you should have the numbers in the box advantage in this game if you want to go heavy set, John, which with one of the nation's top rushers and Eric Gray, I would say probably that's key number number one, right, is come out and just get Eric Gray established and rolling. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I think this is another game where he has a chance to have a, a good performance, and I think you're going to see a, a, a heavy rushing load for both him and for Javante Barnes. I think this is just going to be one of those – we're going to pound it. We're going to make you stop us every single time that we're on the field. And we're going to run it until you can prove that you stop it and make us punt. That might work against Oklahoma at times, but I think it's a strategy that they can go in with knowing that their defense was a little bit better against Kansas and they're going up. Their defense is going up against an offense that isn't going to run away with them. So they don't aren't going to have to feel pressed to score like right out of the gate. If, you know, or, or feel the stress or the strain if they have a punt or if they have a three and out or something like that. They can come back on that next drive, adjust, and then get back after it. But I think the offensive line is playing really, really well right now, and, and I think that's going to be a big key in this one is you know slowing down Will McDonald, getting guys to the second level, getting those linebackers, allowing Eric Gray to do what he does best, and that's make cuts, find, find open lanes, use his vision, his agility to make big plays in the running game. I do think that that is kind of the number one key. And I know people talk a lot of times about how running the football is the key to success. Sometimes, yes. But I think in this game in particular, putting Oklahoma in a situation where they're not having to go out at third and 10 and you know second and long situations, it's going to give them a better chance to convert. So if you can get the run game established early, get Dylan Gabriel into some favorable passing situations you know, third and three where you can either run it or pass it a second and five second and six, something like that, where you've got options. It's going to bode much better for this offense. Well, and Iowa state, you know, again, 
think of somebody that historically is comfortable dropping eight. I mean, John, they're really good defending the run. They're 15th nationally in that category. They only give up 105 per game uh, in terms of rushing yardage. They've only surrendered four rushing touchdowns, and they only give up 3.3 yards per rush. So when you start talking about winning first and second down versus an Iowa State defense that hypothetically it sounds like you'd be able to, to run the football against, they're, they're good against that, right? They make it difficult to do that. So, I mean, that is going to be the first game within the game for Oklahoma. Obviously, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, I, you know, I think, yes, you know, being able to be productive on downs one and two and set yourself up to where you do have third down and manageables and you don't have those third and long situations where you have to really try and, you know, manufacture spots in that, that drop eight zone, right? You don't want to have to be trying to pick up 14 yards. I wouldn't think against that defense with regularity. You don't really want to do that against anybody, John, but against what they're doing, that's, uh, you know, obviously not a great recipe. And I think for Oklahoma, be content to dink and dunk a little bit, right? I mean, be okay with dropping it. This is like the perfect game for if Eric Gray's not necessarily getting established in the run game. Okay, well, little halfback flat and let him go do some things underneath in space. Yeah, and when I say establish the run, to me it's just running it for the sake of running it. You're probably not going to average a great yards per carry in this game. Eric Gray's 7.2 yards per per rush on the season that's probably going to come down in this game because i just don't know if they're going to be able to average seven yards per carry i don't know if he'll average four or five but even if you can get him going at three and a half yards per carry you do that on first and second down and that puts you at third and seven or sorry third and three i can math so i think it's you're going to run it for the sake of running it even if you're not you know being efficient running the football if you're not picking up four yards per attempt still run it keep doing it and then, like Josh said, I, I think that's going to be key. You know, I've I've been on Jeff Levy about a lot of the short passing game, especially the stuff behind the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be one of the things that you do to kind of soften the defense up a little bit is you throw it out wide. You make them think about the wide receiver screen, the the tunnel and the bubble screens, the the halfback pass to the flat to Eric Gray, open things up a little bit in the middle so that then you can begin to pound it a little bit better too. So it's going to take a little bit of balance but I do think that's going to be key to this one is being uh, being willing to just be patient. We talked about it a little bit in the live stream uh, last night, just being patient offensively, not feeling like you got to pick up every single, you know, you got to pick up a first down every single time you throw the ball, being willing to get five yards, four yards, live to play another down. Just don't put yourself in situations where you're second and 10, third and 10, and then make sure you don't have penalties that are killing drives. Anytime that you get across the 50, that's, that's, you got to go, you got to get points at that point. So make sure that you're not hurting yourself in a tough environment. That's going to be booming with that crowd. They're going to be excited to play. It's they, you know, Iowa state might be three and four. They might be zero and four in the big 12. That crowd's going to still show up for an Oklahoma game. So just make sure that you've got all your keys right, your communication right. All of that's got to be in sync so that you're not hurting yourself with pre-snap penalties and setting yourself into first and 15, second and 15, third and 15 or longer, and, and then really putting a lot of stress on your offense to convert against what's a really good Iowa State defense. But coming up next, we're going to talk about defensive keys to the game for the Oklahoma Sooners uh, before we then get into our Big 12 picks of the week and our pick for this week's matchup as well. But first, let me talk to you about sweat block. Hey, it's fall. 
the sun is not as strong. I mean, it's strong sun, but it's not as hot as it's been. But, you know, now the heat's on inside and you might be going to work and you're wearing suits. You're, you know, having to wear your, your button down shirts dressed up uh, for your job. But when the heater's going and you're dressed like you're supposed to be for your business, you might end up dealing with excessive sweating that you might not have otherwise if you're just out and about in this cooler weather. So you might want to check out Sweatblock. If your antiperspirant's not really doing it for you, Sweatblock might be the answer. It's doctor created and doctor recommended for excessive sweating and excessive odor. And we've got a great deal for you here on the Locked On Podcast Network where you can get 20% off by going to sweatblock.com. It's been tried and tested by firefighters and featured on the Rachel Ray Show as well. Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. So go check out sweatblock.com. Use our promo code locked on and get 20% off your order at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. And hey, thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Josh, now we're going to talk defensive side of the football this is the this is going to be a really interesting one for me because you know Oklahoma's defense hasn't been great this season, but neither has Iowa State's offense. So it's kind of one of those, you know, the, on the offensive side of the ball for Oklahoma, it's like strength on strength versus Iowa State's defense. On for Oklahoma's defense, it's weakness on weakness against Iowa State's offense. It is, yeah. No, it's the the total opposite, and I I'm actually surprised to see that Iowa State ranks 32nd in third down conversion percentage offense. They're converting, John, basically 46% of the time. So for an offense that has had the types of struggles against power five opponents, and maybe that's just beefing up the stats, right? In a couple of those non-conference games that uh, didn't include the Iowa Hawkeyes, I, I don't know. But, I mean, they're surprisingly pretty decent. They're actually a little bit better than Oklahoma in terms of uh, third down offense. Uh, Oklahoma is 43.7% that they convert third downs uh, offensively, which probably that number is for OU a little bit distorted by the Texas game and the end of the TCU game minus Dylan Gabriel. But, uh, you know, obviously for Iowa State, I think, uh, you know, if you're Oklahoma, John, if you can not allow big, big chunk run plays with regularity, right? You know, there's uh, – Football Outsiders, I think, is the site that sits there and uh, evaluates the stuff rate for offensive lines, which basically is how many of your runs, the percentage of runs, does your offensive line block up to where they go for no gain or they lose yardage? And I don't have in front of me what Iowa State's stuff rate is right now, but those are the types of plays that if Oklahoma can come up with a lot of those, a couple of those, then I think that's going to set them up to get off the field versus a hundred deckers who doesn't have a ton of experience and oh by the way has been prone to throwing the football to you a little bit but again for OU John rushing defense in general has been a massive massive problem so like we've talked about on other occasions throughout the season I think probably you're accepting the realization that that's not going to happen again and again and again for Oklahoma but if you could mix in that a couple of times throughout this game right to where you set Iowa State up in a couple of third down and long situations and then and then get off the field, right? Set yourself up to, to actually be halfway decent in the pass rush department, which 
We just haven't seen Oklahoma be all that great at since Nebraska. Yeah, Iowa State's a really difficult team to kind of get a handle on offensively. You mentioned the third down conversion rate. So I kind of went back and looked at, you know, what they did against Texas, which they were pretty good against Texas. I think they converted near about nearly about 50% of their third downs, but against Kansas, they were, or sorry, Kansas state, they were five of 15. And then against Kansas, they were five of 18 on third down. Um, against Kansas, they only rushed it for 0.9 yards per carry. Wow. I, I, I don't understand that, especially, after Oklahoma just ran for 300 yards against them. So Iowa state's rush offense, just not very good. Like, are they that bad? I mean, their, their leading carrier leading rusher has only like a little over 300 yards rushing this season. Uh, so it's not great, but Hunter Deckers is a pretty good runner and he can make some plays with his legs. So I'm, I'm very surprised to see that they're not as they're not more efficient running the football um, and and maybe that's where the, a lot of the offensive struggles come from and is that they just don't do anything particularly well. Like Hunter Dexter's, I mean, he has some ability to throw the football, but he's not great at it. This Iowa State team, they they don't have Brees Hall anymore. And so they're not able to run the football as well. And so I, I do think that Oklahoma is going to be able to make some hay against this team. Some of it, they got to get pressure. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to be able to make stops and they're going to be able to get uh, Iowa State into some long down and distances, but that's when you got to capitalize. You got to get pressure on third down, third and long, to force Hunter Deckers into some mistakes, or just to force punts and get off the field. That's just not been something that Oklahoma has been particularly good at, is especially in third and long situations. I I never specifically have a lot of hope that Oklahoma is going to be able to to force a punt in a lot of those situations. When I when they do, I'm actually quite surprised and. I'll, obviously pleasantly surprised, but that's the thing that I think is going to be key. Can they get them into long down and distance? Can they force them off the field? Can they get effective pressure? You know, we we've seen good pressure rates from this team at times They're you know, they'll end up with 15, 20 pressures in a game, but it still never feels like the quarterback is stressed by that pressure. They're able to evade it, you know, get outside the pocket, make plays with their legs and, and move down the field. So, for me, I think they'll do well against the run. It's can they take what they do well against the run and then get off the field by forcing Iowa State into some either mental mistakes or just unforced errors or actually show us that the pass rush is improving. I need to see Reggie Grimes. I need to see Ethan Downs and Jalen Redmond. I got to see these guys bounce back and actually start getting effective pressure on the quarterback and get a few sacks like they were great the first three weeks of the season. And I know the competition wasn't great those first few weeks, but it wasn't so bad that like so much different that Oklahoma can't get any sacks. You know what I mean? Like to have one sack, I think in the last four weeks is, is kind of abysmal. And so they got to get better. It's got to improve. And that's going to be huge for this team. Cause I think they're going to be able to get into some longer down the distances, but can they get off the field by creating pressure? That's what it's going to come down to for me. No Billy Bowman again this week, probably. So that's going to put a little bit more stress on your secondary. Might see more Woody Washington at safety, more Justin Broyles and Key Lawrence. They're going to have to hold up against what's a talented you know, wide receiver in Xavier Hutchinson. That's going to be the key matchup right there is Oklahoma secondary against Xavier Hutchinson. How well do they contain him? Are they going to be able to limit big plays in the passing game and make Iowa State drive the football like they want to do to you? 
eventually they're going to make mistakes and they're not going to be able to convert a third down and you're going to be able to get off the field. So don't allow any busts, no big plays, and that'll bode well for your defense. Again, it's like so obvious you could say it kind of any week, but it really does. You start diving into the numbers, John, and it's really as simple as I don't think this game comes down to Iowa State's good on Oklahoma's good. I don't think it's about Oklahoma's offense versus Iowa State's defense, unless Oklahoma just has one of those games where all of a sudden Dylan Gabriel makes multiple bad decisions that set up short fields right or Eric Gray gets the football poked loose at an inopportune time when you're driving into score. I mean, the obvious, those types of mistakes that you can't have in the turnover department. To me, this is so obviously about bad on bad, right? Oklahoma's not been very good in rush defense. And again, just diving into the numbers, John, Iowa State's 118th nationally in rushing offense. And I actually think uh, the the running back is not all that bad. I think he's a talented running back. I think it just shows that the offensive line has not done a very good job. I'm looking at uh, some of their numbers from football football outsiders here. They chart something called opportunity rate percentage, which basically means number of runs that either did go for four-plus yards, which is defined as a successful rush offensively, or I'm assuming from that runs that should have gone for four or more yards. And guess where Iowa State ranks? That's right, 127th nationally in opportunity rate for its offensive line. So just, you know, charting and looking at some of those numbers, man, this would be the game to where Oklahoma defensively, you should see Deshaun White in Aguebu and Danny Stutzman. They should be flying downhill and making some plays. Oklahoma's defensive front, right, those defensive linemen, I would imagine they should be able to get off some some blocks. And we see some of those TFL numbers that at times have gone missing for Oklahoma. So, I mean, to me, again, just long-winded here. But, uh, you know, it's probably a game to where, look, it comes down to bad on bad. And that's going to take us into our Big 12 picks for this week. Uh, we'll start with kind of the the first place team, the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs. They're seven and a half point favorites going on the road to Morgantown to face the West Virginia Mountaineers. The over under is 69. Josh, which West Virginia team are we going to get this week? The one that beat Baylor 43 to 40 or the one that laid an egg against Texas Tech on the road in Lubbock? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. And I'm sure if Neil Brown knew, he'd feel a lot better going into, uh, obviously, this day versus TCU. I would imagine that uh, probably at the very least you're getting somewhere in between those two versions of West Virginia. I mean, that was just a complete and total debacle for them in Lubbock in a game that, to me, was, I, I thought, really a toss-up going into the game. And it did not play out like that at all. So I, I don't know how you can pick West Virginia to win in this game right now. I do, uh, however, kind of just the way that these games have played out for TCU, I, I do expect there to be points. I think it'll be higher scoring. But, uh, you know, right now I'm definitely not picking against Duggan and the Horned Frogs against a West Virginia team that I just saw lose by five touchdowns last week. Yeah, give me TCU minus the points as well, and I'll I'll expect this game to go over, I think, you know, TCU is just playing too good. Kendra Miller is playing like one of the best running backs in the country right now. And then you got the, the alpha male Quentin Johnston that can make plays on anybody at any time, anytime that they want to do it, uh, they can make those plays. So yeah, give me TCU minus seven and a half. Another, you know, fun one is Kansas state is going to be hosting Oklahoma state. Kansas state is a one point favorite 
against the Cowboys going on the road. The over under is 56, Josh. Outside of what we want to see in Ames, Iowa. I mean, obviously this is the game of the week in the big 12, uh, you know, really just given the fact that both teams are three and one now in the conference standings, again, it's, you know, you look at just the overall standings in the big 12. And I, I do think probably, you know, somebody getting into that big 12 championship game is going to finish or have multiple losses. And it might even, might even be a big 12 championship game participant with three losses, John. But again, for both of these two teams and probably more so, I guess for Kansas state, just because it's in Manhattan, it does feel like, okay, is this something that we're going to look back on as basically an elimination game for these two? Again, probably way too early. And there's probably going to be somebody with two or three losses in the big 12 championship game. But, uh, it does have a lot of implications, obviously, for the tiebreak scenario, whatever would wind up happening. I like Kansas State to win it because it's in Manhattan, and I do think that uh, Adrian Martinez is going to play in this game, but this is uh, it's going to be a thriller. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, it's going to be a battle of two quarterbacks that have played really, really good football for the most part this season if, in fact, Adrian Martinez, like Mr. Gundy, Mike Gundy, has uh, – prognosticated this week if in fact he's going to play in the game and I do think Gundy's got that right uh it should be great I, I probably am looking somewhere 30 to 27 Kansas State I think uh you know some defense gets played at times uh, probably you know much more defense than what we saw in that first half between Oklahoma State and Texas last week but uh, I do expect there to be some fireworks along the way as well so I think it's going to be a tremendous game in K-State at home finds a way to get it done I think Spencer, Spencer Sanders is just playing too good a football right now for me to pick against him. And I would not have said the same thing a year ago, a year ago, I was pretty much out on Spencer Sanders, but he's really, he's really convinced me that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the big 12 and is playing like one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he's not, you know, Bryce young or CJ Stroud or, you know, what Bo Nix is doing up in Oregon right now. But I, I believe him to be a top 15 quarterback in the country right now. I feel like he's playing that well over the last, you know, this season and then two of the last three games last year. I mean, that Big 12 championship game against Baylor, that was not great. But the way that he played uh, in the comeback to get them close was really good football. So I think just in this situation, Oklahoma State, they bounced back with a big win against Texas. I think they're going to be able to kind of carry that momentum into Manhattan and yeah, it's going to be a close football game. I think it's going to be something similar to what you're saying. You know, both teams approaching the thirties. I do think Oklahoma state wins this one, something like 34 uh, 30. I do. If Adrian Martinez plays, I think that's going to bode well for them. Obviously if it's Will Howard, then I don't necessarily think they've got enough in the bag there to make this a competitive football game, but yeah, give me Spencer Sanders. Give me Oklahoma State. I think they're really starting to kind of figure some things out at times defensively. And uh, I think they do pick up the win in this one and maintain that that opportunity to make it to the Big 12 title game. The next one is probably the most curious line of the week here, uh, and that's Texas Tech minus two and a half points against the Baylor Bears. The over is Baylor good? Two and a half. Is Baylor good? That's a great question as well. It is Baylor good? I mean, I think really kind of that's the question that gets answered this week. And probably similarly for Texas Tech, right? If Morgan goes out and plays well again and at home they're able to take care of business versus Baylor, then all of a sudden you have to say, okay, well, Texas Tech clearly is 
an improved football team in Coach McGuire's first year. And meanwhile, Baylor's one of the most disappointing teams in the Big 12 Conference, which probably the way this season is shaped up, somebody that we uh, didn't expect that to happen to, which a couple of them, I'm looking at Oklahoma and I'm looking at Baylor, a couple of teams are going to wind up that way just given, you know, kind of the top-to-bottom nature of this particular year in the the Big 12. There's not a whole lot of really bad in the Big 12, right? Even Iowa State, a team that we're talking about and spending uh, all week breaking down for Oklahoma's sake, John, every single game that they've played against a Power 5 team this season has come down to one score, right? I mean, they've lost, obviously, four of those five games against the Power 5 opponents, but man, if that's your seller in this conference, then guess what? It's a, a pretty darn good league, so... All of that is to say, I don't know what the heck to expect in this game. I mean, I've got no read on it. I, I think I'm going to stick with Baylor just because I'm still still told this idea in my mind that Baylor's a good football team. But, man, if they lose this week at Jones AT&T Stadium, then I'm ready to say that Shape and Company are not who I thought they were. Yeah, this is the one that if you're really thinking about putting some money on, you might want to avoid this game altogether and maybe just take the over. Uh, on the 62 and a half because I'm with you. It's hard to get a read on both of these teams, but I really feel like Texas tech is playing good football right now. You know, that loss to Oklahoma state. Yeah. It was a bummer of a loss, but they were, they were playing good. They, they came out really hot. They played well early in this game and had Oklahoma state on its heels for a minute at home against Baylor. I think they're getting, that's going to be a hype crowd. It always is a hype crowd, right? But then to welcome in the big 12 champion from 2021, I think that might kind of take it to another level. Baron Morton has kind of been a revelation at quarterback for them this year after Donovan, Donovan Smith started the season uh, for them at quarterback. So give me the red Raiders minus the two and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. I think again, we're looking at two teams scoring into the thirties. It's going to be something like 37 to 34 West Virginia showed us a couple weeks ago that Baylor can be scored on. And I think Texas tech continues the good times and puts up some points on the bears um, and calls into question. Another defensive geniuses, uh, defensive capabilities as well as Brent Venables. And that turns us to the Oklahoma Sooners and the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, Iowa State right now over at Bet Online, or sorry, Oklahoma right now over at Bet Online is a minus one and a half point favorite. The over under is 56 in this one, Josh. And if you've been listening to this uh, Lockdown Sooners podcast with regularity this week, you probably know that I feel pretty confident about Oklahoma winning this football game. I just, to me, man, I think uh, this is kind of, this is the which direction is the compass pointed, truly pointed, right? We've seen some mirages maybe for both Oklahoma and Iowa State so far, and now we're going to see the factual picture for both, right? I, I can see this, and I do see this playing out to where this is kind of where the dam breaks a little bit for Iowa State. You know, they've lost four consecutive Big 12 games here to start. Uh, they've obviously been competitive and have, have had chances to win all of them but they've lost all of them. And I think they're going to lose this game against Oklahoma by a couple of scores. Meanwhile, for OU, you had a, a half of a football game versus TCU where you didn't play with, well, really two and a half quarters. You didn't play with Dylan Gabriel and it got lopsided in a hurry. Same thing for the Cotton Bowl. Then uh, obviously you, you got Dylan Gabriel back versus Kansas and we saw what a difference that made for Oklahoma's offense. I think people got a little too carried away with the, uh, Though there are defensive problems for Oklahoma, and that's undeniable. People got a little bit too carried away with who Oklahoma was minus Dylan Gabriel. I think that part was a little bit of a, of a mirage with OU. So 
man, I like OU to go on the road coming off of its bye week and handle its business a little bit. I'm not ready to say that OU's going up there and winning by 17 points or anything like that, because guess what? Iowa State's kind of played everybody close. But I do think when we look back on this several weeks from now, John, this could be the game where we said, mm, yeah, that that's the one that kind of finally broke the camel's back for Iowa State. So I'm taking Oklahoma to go do what it needs to do offensively and put a, a solid 34 or so on the board, probably give up a solid 27, but find a way to walk out of Ames with the win, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and I'm with you too. I think Oklahoma is easily going to cover this one. I think it's going to be like a 10-point win for the Sooners, something like 30-20 to 20 in this game. I think Oklahoma's defense is going to be able to do enough against an Iowa State offense that's not very good and, and make some stops and get off the field and uh, and put that offense back on the field. I think I think Dylan Gabriel was rolling two weeks ago against Kansas. I have no reason to doubt that they're going to be able to find a good game plan for this week and have a methodical approach, but still score some points. This is going to be one of those weeks where, hey, them making you drive the football is going to be more a detriment to them because you're going to be running a ton of plays and keeping their offense or their defense on the field when you're running, you know, seven, eight, play drives, but you're running them as fast as Oklahoma runs them. Eventually that'll wear Iowa state down and Oklahoma will break through for, you know, a, a 10 point win in this one. So yeah, give me, give me Oklahoma minus the points and I'm going to take the under though. I, I do think it, you know, Oklahoma scores 30, but I don't think Iowa state's going to be able to, to score enough to, to take the over in this game. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We're going to be back for our Friday episode as well this week. We're going to dig into some news and notes, stuff that's trending about the Oklahoma Sooners heading into the game. We'll talk a little, little hoops action and softball as well uh, before we get ready for Oklahoma and Iowa State on Saturday at 11 a.m. So make sure you're tuned into that. Until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.